I'm ready for bed. <laughs> we gotta go kill heretics. I know. No, we have to go to a party. There may or may not be heretics. Oh, there will definitely be heretics there. Wow. So you're willingly going to a heretic-filled party? Yeah. Sounds like heresy to me. How's it going, Eric? I'm good. Davis says he's not sure if he's going to make it on tonight. Um, well, let's see what um, Davis has to say when he gets back. So, you have the two security cameras up, and then you also had... Um, you got another camera to put on the front of Tyrus, I think. Yes. Right? Yeah. I can change it so that you can all see from um, Tyrus's vision. Um, if I go to the character sheets and set Tyrus so that he can be controlled by anyone... Yes. All right, so now, if I move Tyrus in here... I see it. Ned, can you... Yeah, we did it. Actually, I just moved him. Oh, I had no idea Roll20 could do this whole fog of war kind of thing. Yeah, it can. Oh, that is so awesome. Mm -hmm. So you can see um, the two cones of vision you have into the Grand Ballroom and the freight area. Those are the cameras you set up earlier. But now, unfortunately, Ned can move Tyrus wherever he wants him to go. <laughs> Tyrus is still going around everywhere. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's different right now on those layers from the map to the side is that some of them have fancy flooring. Well, if they're masquerade ball, it better have fancy flooring. Yeah. The grand ballroom at least does. Yeah. And a couple of the side rooms and the kitchen's also got tile. So what do you guys say the likelihood is that local security discovers all of the weapons we hid uh, has already disposed of them. <laughs> Are we going to like walk in and say, I'll get the gun? Where is it? Oh hey, your war staff is completely fine. My you bolt gun at risk. You did a really good job of hiding everything but the bolt gun. So, again, like something I called when we tried to hide the bolt gun is I have a, just a strong, sinking feeling that I'm going to get shot with my own bolt gun. <laughs> it shall be so. Eldrick Marin will be brooding in a room like, man, I wish I had a way to kill that guy who humiliated me. And then and Garrett comes in, sir, we've discovered this. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you lose that thing, it's going to suck because you're not like you're going to be able to find another one very easily. You have a bolt pistol, though, don't you? I do. I do, but I've always wanted a bolt gun. But we'll figure it out. Yeah. We want this to happen this way. You yeah. don't know exactly what has happened with it yet because you haven't got it. <laughs> I'm just going to run into the ball. <laughs> Ignore everyone. Go try to find it. <laughs> and just run I, out. I found it! I hit a high-powered high military rifle in this room and I can't find it. Has any of you other guests seen it? Ah, run for the exits. <laughs> All right. So what are we doing here? What's, uh... So what we're doing is masquerading and balling possibly at the same time we masquerading balling. we are about to go to the masquerade ball you've all got your frilly dresses and fancy coats masks are polished and affixed to faces you're ready to go why don't we all starting with tyrus go over which um equipment and whatnot you're bringing with you Okay, so as described in our previous session, I'm currently wearing a fancy white and gold cloak 
that was salvaged from, I don't know, some garbage bin or something that Zarkov found. I don't know. I requisitioned royal clothing from like the Inquisitor. Uh, As I was saying, it's it's very nice. (laughs) An inquisitorial garbage bin. It's very nice. Thank you. Thankfully, the clothing is such that I can still wear my mesh cloak underneath it for armor. I have my microbead, my data slate. I will also be taking, of course, the golden ticket to the auction. The golden (laughs) ticket. I'll also be taking the hallucination grenade that I was given. Mm-hmm. I will also be bringing my regicide set. However, I will not be displaying it, which is usually I usually have it out on the open on my belt. But seeing how we're all supposed to have our identities hidden, I will have it hidden in my coat. But Why I are you bringing it with me. you? I may need to challenge a heretic to a game of you, regicide. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Well, Matt, why don't you have the good regicide player do that? Oh, I'll I'll beat myself again. I will beat you at Regicide <laughs> eventually. I thought you were just going to leave it at I will beat you. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> My weapons are not exactly classy and wouldn't be welcome at the ball. And my four staff is currently hidden at the ball. However, I will be bringing my mono sword because I think that's suitably classy enough. And yeah. could be could be useful in a pinch. It's an, a plain but elegant weapon. Yes, that'll be good. Yeah, so uh, Zarkov, what will you be bringing? Lots of Daka? Not as much Daka as usual, but I will be bringing Daka. I will be bringing, first off, my grapnel line, which I've grown very attached to. Um, no pun intended. If I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have both a mesh bodysuit written down and a body glove. Which one is better? Body glove, I believe? The mesh one is armor four. Oh. The armored okay. body glove is just armor two. The armored body glove is what you had before you found the mesh body glove. Oh, okay. So I should probably just get rid of that eventually. If you for some reason lose your armor, then you can have that. But yeah, you're wearing the mesh yeah. body glove. Yeah, mesh body glove. Uh, then uh, I believe I gave my chain blade to davis right yes you did so uh, i'm gonna bring both my auto pistols hidden underneath my jacket and uh then just the mono sword revealed because then i hid the combat shotgun is what's hidden mm-hmm. there already i'll also bring my multi-tool is that small or is that large like what I yeah it's a uh, multi-tool is like about the size of like a adjustable wrench type thing okay it's kind of like a Space version of a Swiss Army knife, but like a little more robust, suitable for like mechanic duties. Awesome. That's what I'm going to bring. Those are the items. Okay. Yeah. And um, Ketho, what are you going to be bringing? I'm going to be bringing, wearing my noble clothes underneath wearing an armored body glove. Chain swords, are they fancy enough to go? Not really. Um, Not if it's just a plain chain sword. Okay, so I'm not bringing that, but I am bringing a knife that I have tucked in my boot. Mm-hmm. Um, and my bolt pistol, because you got bolt a bolt pistol. pistol is most assuredly sh- fancy enough. to show that off. Um, and I'm also wearing my concealed forearm-mounted stub auto. Very happy Excellent. to have that thing. And I am bringing the glove of Eldrick Marin. Ah, because, yes. Because, you know... you missing something? <laughs> that's right. You, you never know when you might need that. Mm-hmm. 
And then we do have three tracking beacons to track the location of things. Yes. You all have some of the beacons. Oh, okay. Okay. So we've spread those out. Okay. So I'm bringing those as well so that I can help plant those if need be. I'm specifically putting one on Tyrus so that I can track him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Can I conceal it maybe on one of my buttons on my fancy dress? Um, you can put it in a pocket. The trackers are each like the size of a silver dollar or so. Oh, sorry. Sorry. This is the tracker, not the camera. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The camera you could conceal on like a button. Okay. I'll do that then. Yeah. Uh, so Martin helps you set up the tracker and your little button. I mean the, the camera and your button. And the, the tracker is, yeah, you, you tuck a tracker in your pocket in case they need to figure out where you are. Ooh. And okay. And Martin had his share of the trackers, and he's probably bringing his multi-tool as well. Also, the chain blade you gave him, and he's got a bolt pistol as well. Plus, chain blades aren't silent, right? What, technically, when you uh, use them? Absolutely like... not. <laughs> uh, so maybe I should get a mono dagger or something at some point, so I, in case I need to slip throats from behind. Yeah. It's about as silent as a chainsaw is, so <laughs> trying to split yeah. someone's throat with that is not a stealthy endeavor. <laughs> I mean, you just have... You use a chain blade for assassinations when you want to send a message. <laughs> well, you, you have just a blade, right? Yeah, yeah, I have the mono blade you gave me. Okay, good. Yeah. Zarkov has the mono sword, best quality. So he's got a, a real nice sword. Real fancy. Then you guys are ready to head out then. You guys all get into your finery and your masks. Mortimer calls a car to pick you up. And um, he says that he will not be accompanying you all to the dance tonight. Uh, he's not uh, he's not in high enough station to be uh, invited personally, but he wishes you the best of luck. Aww. Can we invite Mortimer personally? Would you like to invite Mortimer personally? Absolutely. Are we allowed okay. to do that? <laughs> yes, you are. You can have him as part of your entourage. I mean, uh, it wouldn't be a party without Mortimer. Yeah. All right. He's, he gives um, us some legitimacy. Honestly, he does. <laughs> but seriously, he's the only one who really belongs here. <laughs> Zarkov, so, do you think your girlfriend will be there? Um, I hope so. <laughs> Might be able to help us kill people. Oh yes, we're going if to that's party, what needs guys. To be done, then well, I want to stop. Like you two need to be on your best behavior. <laughs> Just mean, do not talk to anybody. Yeah, <laughs> speak only then spoken to, and then only in one word responses. Exactly. <laughs> I upset people, and Tyrus only speaks in riddles of the warp. And remember, remember your jobs. Your jobs, your job is to get tickets if you find them. Your job is to not. Get murdered. And while Ketho's talking, then Martin will be commenting on the suboptimal nutritional content of the food and stuffing things into his portable blender. <laughs> I just don't, I need a programming team to help Mortimer there, to help Martin, so it's a lost cause right now. <laughs> All right, so Mortimer is flattered to accept your invitation and uh, says he'll get a mask for himself. He's got one from... Uh, Another year when he's accompanied um, nobility to a masquerade ball, so he'll get that sorted out. And uh, soon Mortimer is decked out and ready to join you. Nice. Sweet. When you get in the car, he actually does pull out like a small bottle of fine brandy from his sleeves and some glasses and pours it all around for you. <laughs> Mortimer! 
So you, you, you drive up in your um your house Oberon stretch limo. On the way there, you encounter some very heavy traffic. And um looking out the window, you realize the cause. Some enforcers have like a whole area around a uh very high class hotel that's um cordoned off with police tape and there's on the ground lying face down with his arms twisted in like a really awful position and blood everywhere is um cedric montessa lying down there dead he was the guy who was accepting that shipment of illegal goods who had given you guys the golden ticket earlier cedric is very clearly dead it looks like he's um position of his limbs looks like he's fallen from like a great height and you see on one of the balconies up there you can see through the window there's police tape in there and a couple enforcers investigating a room up there is so, there anything that my RBT's knowledge would help with like is there anything i can see that would lead just any information about the investigation you have uh, some lore relating to arbities right yep common lore arbities uh sure make a uh plus 20 common lore arbities check was your character original an arbiter Yes. Uh, okay. And what did you say was the modifier, Eric? Plus 20. Because this is pretty general procedural knowledge. Oh, nice. Um, Yay. <clears throat> from the amount of uh, police presence there and the way they're handling the scene, it looks like this is being investigated as some kind of an accident. But to you, it looks like the circumstances seem pretty suspicious. Um, yeah, more like a homicide than an accident. Yeah. In fact, it's almost odd that they're going about it so nonchalantly. Either there's like a shockingly high rate of murders and no one just cares about it, or they're like deliberately trying not to spook people. Huh. This doesn't bode well. That's what you see as you go by. Relative to that, at least, the rest of the trip's uneventful. You see there's um, a large number of excited people in the streets because even though the masquerade ball itself is a very exclusive event it's accompanied by a lot of other celebrations that are open to a lot more of the general public so there's a lot of people all wearing masks going and throughout the streets and dancing and reveling and there's street performers out doing their trade in the streets and um, a general festive atmosphere in the air despite the murder scene a few blocks back everyone's not letting it get to them <laughs> um just a quick question about where we are right now on this right over is there actually like a view to the sky at all or is this completely enclosed there's no actual views to the sky from the main street because the way it works is um some of the particularly tall buildings will like poke through the walls that are enclosing the main structure of the hive and those buildings will have windows to the exterior but the main hive area proper doesn't have any windows. And often people, unless they go to spire areas or work on the outside, will go their entire lives without actually seeing the sky if they live in a hive city. Right. So you can't see the sky from the street. So you you make your way to the masquerade ball. As you pull up to the front, you see there's a number of all um, glittering extended auto carriages limos with important personages stepping out everyone's wearing even more ornate dresses and whatnot than they have previously 
some people look more like old boats from the age of sail without all the <laughs> ornamentation that they've got on than actual people. And uh, everyone's got their own mask, each one unique, nothing quite the same, but all very extravagant. You notice there's a pretty um, heavy presence of Oberon house guards around the place, all dressed up in their finest ceremonial wear. They look kind of like 18th century cavalry helmets, like gleaming metal with the plumes on their heads, and uh, white and midnight blue dress uniforms. And they have uh, their ornamental lasguns shouldered, all standing at attention. From the ornamented gates at the front of the area up to the um, main entrance to the building, you count at least 10 guards. So you pull up to the front and get out. A guard steps forward and opens up your limo door for you. And you I motion all... everyone else out first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you all step out, and then the last one out is Ketho. With my mask on. Of course. Everyone's <laughs> got their masks on, and Ketho, as the nobleman, is the last to exit. And there's uh, out front, um, there's a number of people milling around, but everyone's going through the doors. There's a, a rich blue carpet rolled out from the doors out to the um, cars area. So you basically, you follow this path up to the front. Blue. And, uh, On my planet, they had green. <laughs> Mortimer's like, is the color not to your liking, sir? <laughs> It'll do. <laughs> it's not bad, but, you know. Very well. So, um, as you go in... You surreptitiously check the data slates you all have with you. Um, I remember Martin talking about that as a thing that he wanted to set up. So you guys, yes. you have your data slates with you as well. And so you, you surreptitiously check those and see that you can see the um, video feed from the two cameras you'd installed earlier. The one covering the grand ballroom and one over there covering the freight area. There's already a few guests trickling into the ballroom. And... Uh, the party hasn't really gotten a full swing yet, though. You've arrived fashionably late, but um, some people were less fashionable than you. <laughs> and there's basically a competition between everyone to arrive fashionably late. Yes, because you, you don't want to be so late as to be rude, but you don't want to be the first ones there. That would just be boorish of you. No, you, you got an inappropriately fashionable time. The freight area, meanwhile, has um, there's a lot of uh, boxes and such like Currently, there's a few uniformed men carrying out crates into the doors into the kitchen. And you can see a little bit through the kitchen doors. There's people very busy preparing lots of food. And the freight workers are carrying in more ingredients. So you um, walk through the entrance doors and find yourself in the uh, entrance hall area. Which is a grand marble entranceway with... Um, marble pillars and glittering chandeliers hanging from the ceiling. Uh, there's spiral staircases to either side of you, one of which goes up to higher floors, another one which goes down. The door in front of you is open, and there's a guard flanking them on either side. And uh, there's a, uh, a woman in a guard's uniform as well, taking note of all the guests and marking them down as they enter. People customarily here would wear colors accompanying their noble house but on this day since they're not trying to advertise their identities then everyone's got all the colors that you could ever find 
sometimes all on the same person. So you can't tell who anyone is just by the color of their clothing alone. So once you're in, what do you want to do? We're here to party. Where the drink's at. That's right. Starkov right. awkwardly stands in the corner after receiving his drink. I guess we should first just go on into the main ballroom. Yeah. All right. Ooh. And uh, as you do, um, you're greeted by um, nods of the head from men and dainty waves from the ladies. In the noble society, it's like everyone's the very strict behavior codes they're expected to adhere by, which is like the men are always the dominant ones and the ladies are always the submissive ones. But not everyone likes that, as mm. you know from meeting Natalie Corvus. Um, <laughs> so how do you respond to the various people who are all just like saying like polite hello is really not um, – no one really knows who anyone else is. So they're just I, – I politely say hello back. I keep good manners. Mm-hmm. Zarkov waves, but usually doesn't give a vocal response. Mm-hmm. Cyrus? I also, I don't use my voice, lest anyone recognize it, so I just give them a bow whenever anyone says hello to me. Mm-hmm. You have to uh, hurry a bit to keep up with the others in between your bows, because there's quite a quite a lot of bowing to do. But you, uh, you all make <laughs> it into the ballroom eventually. So. At this we- point, also, I'm going to take the golden ticket and have it do you have a, a pocket that I could have it hanging out of just slightly? Yeah, you can tuck it into your breast pocket. It's uh designed to be just the right size that you can tuck it into a breast pocket and just a small like centimeter tall sliver of it is showing at the top. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. So you have your uh glittering golden ticket just poking out. Tyrus is staying with me, slash I am staying with Tyrus. Mm-hmm. I ask him um, Think it's a smart idea displaying this after what we saw. I think we should go forward with it, but be cautious, extra cautious. So, um, as you guys walk through, um, Ketho, you notice that uh, the vast majority of guests do not have this sort of golden ticket thing poking out. You see one other person who's got a ticket like that, just going through the entrance area. You really only notice because you're looking for it. Hmm. It does seem like this auction is a very exclusive event, even within this exclusive event. I point out the person with the ticket to Zarkov. Say, there might be a ticket for you. Alright. Is this guy accompanied by anyone? It's a uh, a lady, actually. She's got a, uh, sort of a, like an armband with some flowing streamers attached to it, and there's also the ticket tucked into that armband. Hmm. Uh, she's currently engaged in conversation with a man and has a glass of wine in that hand and is like laughing merrily and is not paying a whole lot of attention. Awesome. So uh, I'm going to try to sneak up behind her and uh, steal it. How many witnesses are there in this room right now? (laughs) (laughs) This is sleight of hand. You just have to brush by while pretending to do something else. Yeah. Right then, um, Zarkov. I will say say to Zarkov, get me a drink. Yeah, (laughs) say like a... Um, on the way to her, or a beverage that gives me pleasure. So I'm trying to do that. You lean over and take her wine glass and give it to Kendall. (laughs) (laughs) All right, make a stealth roll for me first to uh, escape the notice of all these people. Any pluses or minuses? Nope. Oh, wow. 
All right, so there's enough activity going on that you just make yourself inconspicuous, oh. and yeah, so <laughs> you do just fine. I think that's like four degrees success, something like that. Yeah. So you walk right up, making yourself as inconspicuous as possible and waiting for like a particularly uh, enthusiastic gesture from the woman. You reach forward and make a slight of hand. Drum roll. Ooh. <laughs> um, fate roll. If they don't roll well enough on their perception roll, they won't see you and they'll just fail to notice you. It's a matter of how hard they fail. Mm -hmm. Do you want to re-roll that, or do you want to... Uh, don't, take the, don't take the chance this early. Yeah, so I'm going to re-roll. All right. Ah! Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's just good enough. You walk past her and raise your hand sort of just a little bit like this and pluck the card out of their arm as you walk by. Nice. No one notices you. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what do you do with your new card, your golden um, ticket? Can I make a recommendation? Yes. Yeah. Uh, don't display it quite yet, because if they notice, yeah. it might be a little bit suspicious of anyone who has them. Yeah, that's a smart move. That's true. Um, but I should probably give it to Ketho, I would assume. No, you should keep it. I should keep it? Yeah, because if someone's going to go, you're better to go with him than I am. <laughs> All right. To a clandestine meeting where people are going to be tough and exchanging heretical objects? No, I'm not arguing against that. It's more that Tyrus might protest to me uh, tagging along with him. Oh, well, see, this is for the good of the mission. So, the Slicer and the Untouchable, best buddies for life. Yep. Best friends forever. You're going to be friends, damn it. <laughs> you are I've going to trying. learn how to make friends. <laughs> you are going on this play date, whether you want to or not. <laughs> I find your terms unacceptable. <laughs> you guys can all talk like in low voices through your microbeads, by the way. You don't have to be directly next to each other. Oh, okay. It's like, nope. There's enough, enough background say, conversation that it's uh, easy enough to do. I was going to say, Tyrus, you also might want to hide yours for a few minutes until she at least figures it out. Well, at least I got mine through legitimate means. Well, not Wait. really. <laughs> but... Mind wiping is legitimate means. I had it walking in here. I didn't steal it off of anyone here. That's true. That's true. So I guess we'll continue partying. Do we want to find more tickets, do you think? If we can all be there, that'd be good. Yeah, but we also don't want to cause too much of a commotion. Yeah, we should we should at least cool it for a little bit and just see where things go. Yeah. We can go check out we can go check out our weapons and see if those rooms seem okay. Yeah, I guess we'll have to get in there without rousing suspicion. John still needs to get into the party. Uh-huh. Well, he's got a... Uh... I'll move my guy. I'll move my guy. <laughs> Everybody dance now. I'm just saying the ticket, I think we've collectively decided to lay low for a few minutes while the party's on. What's happening at the party? Do we see Mortimer get wasted? Does he bring <laughs> his own glass again? Um, not this time. There's, uh, servers who have their, um, platters with wine on them. They've got, a like, sort of a champagne-type beverage that uh, everyone's drinking. And, uh, he grabs one of these and looks around a little bit, kind of, um, unsure of what exactly to do. Not used to moving among such high nobility as more than a servant. So it's a very weird experience to have this mask on and not have people like 
looking down at him. <laughs> I yeah, give him a drink to drink. Say, relax, Mortimer. Have a good time. <laughs> he chuckles a bit. Says, uh, thank you, sir. While Zarkov is engaging in some light pickpocketing, Tyrus, what are you doing? Well, I guess I would still, even if I don't intend on snatching them myself, I'd still want to be browsing around and looking for any more golden tickets. All right. Make an awareness test. Awareness at minus 10 because there's so many people around. You look around, but the room is starting to fill up, and there's a lot of people there, and it's hard to get a look. This can be like an extended test you can use to find more tickets. Each of these little tests you're doing takes about two minutes or so. Ketho, while, while Tyrus is searching for tickets and John is pickpocketing, oh, Sarkov is pickpocketing, what do you do? I hope John's not pickpocketing. Oh, that's true. That's You've been misbehaving. Guys, go to King Richards and I just pickpocket all the patrons and steal their stuff. Um, I'm, I guess I'm just going around and being social and mingling and getting a drink for Mortimer, you know, being a little gracious. I check into with both of those two as if they are in my entourage, you know, so that, again, they just don't look like they're creepy guys walking around. Yeah. <laughs> You guys are all sort of in the, the same general area of the room. None of you are, like, too far off. Feel free to move your little character icons around to uh, represent where you're going. Has uh, Natalie Corvus shown up yet? It's hard to tell. As you're sort of looking around, you do notice someone... Um, actually, who's uh, the closest? Uh, Ketho, you're the closest to the entrance. So you, you turn around and you see... Um, Woman walk in with like a uh, aquamarine colored flowing robes, with like a ornate mantle around her shoulders, and she's got the same two pins to the back of her hair that you remember Natalie Corvus wearing. So despite her having the mask on, she's got those identifying pins. Ah, see, I will go over and greet her. Yes, yeah, so uh, she... a good lady. You look lovely tonight. Yes, and uh, who are you? <laughs> she doesn't recognize you in the mask. Oh, it's, it's uh, Ketho. Oh, right. Yes. Yes, it's uh, good to see you. And uh, she gives you a nod. You see, she's um, flanked by uh, one um, tall guy you haven't seen before, as well as um, it takes you a minute to recognize him behind the mask, but you can tell it's Demic as well. And uh, <laughs> I just quietly say, Demic. He's like, Ketho, Ooh, in a really soft <laughs> voice. My man, how's we going to get drunk tonight? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and also, uh, Zarkov's girlfriend, in quotes, Katrin, is there too. You can tell because everyone else is like maintaining a bubble of about a meter of space around her at all times. <laughs> <laughs> and she's got far more swords and knives that are really necessary for attending any kind of uh, masquerade ball event. I give her a polite nod and make a mental note to tell Zarkov. She gives you her customary death stare. <laughs> I feel I feel honored. Mm -hmm. You're on her good side when the death stare is not accompanied by actual death. <laughs> and Martin sort of like mills around a bit. He's looking around. They've got um the doors leading to the hallways and the main entrance are actually automated. 
above the center of the door frame on each side, they have a skull set in with some glowing sensors in the eyes. And when someone draws near, then a whirring clockwork mechanism retracts the door into the wall for the hmm. person to walk through. And so Martin spends some time examining those. Tyrus, you can make another roll to notice some more golden tickets. Ah, there you go. You're going around and uh, you see another person with a golden ticket. Uh, this time a uh, somewhat circular man. You can see like under his mask, there's at least three chins visible. And um, in one of the breast pockets on his straining vest, then you see a, uh, a ticket poking out of one of the pockets. He's got some elaborate furs wrapped around his shoulders and he's talking in a jovial voice to a few associates and they're all chortling happily. I make my way over to their group. See what I can find out. Mm -hmm. There's a couple guys and um, three guys and two girls specifically with him. They're all having a, a conversation, having some like gossip about uh, local events. It says like, have you, you saw on the way here that's old Cedric, Cedric Montessa fell off a balcony at the inn? How clumsy of him. And everyone's like, oh, ha, 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 ha. Takes a sip from their wines. Clumsy. Anyone who displeases Eldrick Marin tends to take a fall off a high place. What was that name? Uh, Eldrick Marin. Gasp. Especially now, he's heard uh, heard from his associates. He's been in a particularly foul mood recently. I use this as an excuse to sort of break into the conversation. And I just say simply, oh yes, well, I can imagine he has great reason to be perturbed. And why, why is that? Oh, didn't you hear about the duel? Oh, yes. I was, uh, I was just uh, about to mention that myself. And he looks all like sort of flustered a bit and like, like he was about to get on to that, but you stole his thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrus, savage as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> savage burdens from Tyrus. And then um, one of the women there is like, you seem to be well appraised of the situation. Do you, uh, do you have any juicy insider knowledge? And like the whole group collectively leans forward a bit. Oh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, he seems to have a tendency of kicking people. <laughs> they all go, ah, ha, 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 ha. Are they still like expecting me to keep talking? <laughs> you can keep going if you'd like. He lost his temper over a couple of broken pots to the oh. point of nearly killing a man. How oh, uncouth of him. <laughs> the particularly corpulent man with the golden tickets, like, well, it's... I mean, everyone loses their temper over servants' mistakes, and, I mean, beating them is expected when they step out of line, but he tends to go overboard, even. Yes, and a friendly, a friendly man with octopus arms came and helped him gather up his stuff and he was most ungrateful even then <laughs> oh dear you're such a card <laughs> <laughs> all right ketho is also nearby if he wants to hop in at any point no i'm just letting this go I don't all really right. need to make anything worse for myself. well I'm, I'm literally just trying to steal their ticket <laughs> i don't know how to do that though <laughs> John makes it look so easy. He just takes it. <laughs> I could use telekinetic control. 
That's who's probably the guy, a terrible who's the guy, idea. Who's the guy with the ticket? Oh, the noble uh, man that I'm talking uh, to right now. Oh, uh, say, a pleasure to make your acquaintance. What kind, what kind of business are you in? I'm in you the business like of well. getting drunk and eating food tonight. Ah! <laughs> oh, well, hey, next oh, drink's oh, on me, and I start trying to buddy up with him. All right, make charm tests at plus ten. No, you are not charming today. <laughs> He's not like offended, but just like, all right then, whatever. He doesn't click like Damic and I do. No, no, he doesn't. Does Zarkov know about the situation, or is he just? Uh, what is Zarkov doing right now? I think he was contemplating going on the dance floor, but his social anxiety was probably stopping him. Ah. <laughs> The band hasn't really started up playing in earnest yet, so there's not a lot of dancing yet. It's mostly mingling. Oh, okay. So I guess he's just hiding in a corner. But I guess he was keeping an eye on Tyrus, though, because that was part of what he was supposed to be doing, is making sure no one kidnapped him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he's within, like, if he's seen the guy has a ticket or any of that stuff. He might just, you know, see Tyrus talking to people. Uh, make an awareness test at minus 10 if he also sees what's happening. All righty. No, you don't. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. You see uh, Tyrus talking to a number of noblemen and stuff, but you don't see the ticket. Tyrus, do you want to um, you want to do anything while um, Ketho's being boisterous and um, generally attracting the attention of the group? I wonder if I can try and get this guy alone, but that might be difficult if he's got these other people with him. Because I have a variety of powers I could use, but they would all arouse suspicion. You could just try to sneak it from the sleight of hands as you walk by or something. Or, I mean, he's still going to be there. You could find Zarkov and bring him over. I was talking about like using suggestion or dominate. I really wouldn't risk it. It's too early. And you, we have the tickets. You don't need to risk the warp or other, you know, or others who yeah, are exactly aware. You've got two tickets at this point. Yeah, I'll leave it up to your discretion if you want to risk taking another one or not. Let's just wait. We'll see if there's more opportunities. He's not going to go anywhere. He's here to party. We'll come back to him when he's drunk. Okay. It'll happen. <laughs> oh, I will use suggestion then. I could say drink a lot. Oh, you don't need to do that. He's going to. Okay, fair enough, yeah. They like you. You could bring them over. the homosexual you're looking for. <laughs> drink it all. About at this point then, at the far end of the room, from a balcony... On the second floor, a band steps out, all smartly dressed with uh, a variety of stringed instruments, uh, a string quartet specifically, and they um, start to play a uh, nice waltz tune. Soon the center of the room clears out as people either walk to the sides or grab dance partners and start to waltz around the room. At this point, also the kitchen door, or the door to the dining room rather, opens up. And um, one of the uh, the servants exits out, and he's wearing like a nice tuxedo, and says, uh, "Refreshments are available in the dining room if the lords and ladies would care to enter this way." And gestures, and so people begin dancing, and there's food available, and it's, it's wonderful, and it's great. <laughs> it's wonderful, and it's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's just such a great time. I will go into the dining room. Mm-hmm. Scope it out. All right. In the dining room, there's a number of tables. The dining room is really like the main area where they've got all the food served. There's like uh, buffet tables up and down in the room filled with plate after plate of exotic foods with um, various game imported from off-world. 
roasted and stuffed with all sorts of things like vegetables and breaded sweets and desserts, puddings, pies, pastries, just a whole cornucopia of deliciousness. Is there cornucopias? There actually is a cornucopia. <laughs> like the cornucopia itself has a bunch of rolls in it. And um, there's uh, stewed vegetables and finger food as well, like little sandwiches and all sorts of stuff. Uh, Chef Roderick's really outdone himself for this particular meal. I was about to say, Ketho is your favorite chef around? You don't see Chef Roderick in here. I'm sure he's in the background. He's probably somewhere. Or behind uh, the stage, I should say. As this is happening, then um, Zarkov, oh. as you, you're you uh, cowering in the corner, and then uh, a familiar figure also cowers in the corner beside you. <laughs> My friend Katrin. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I give her kind of like a solitary look of just like, hey... He's like, hey. Fun party. I hold up my drink. <laughs> yeah, she holds up hers. Oh, nice. She's drinking. Mm-hmm. She's, oh. she's taken maybe a sip. <laughs> she's not a heavy drinker. Does she have her two chain blades, or is she doing mono swords? She actually always has just straight-up bladed weapons. You've never seen her with a chain blade or a power sword or anything like that. Always just straight steel. Nice. Um, Respect that. You've also noticed she never has a firearm of any kind either. It's just all swords all the time. Okay. I guess Zarkov asked her to dance. <laughs> <laughs> you can see behind her mask, she raises an eyebrow quizzically like, you can dance? You can dance if he wants to. <laughs> you can leave your friends behind. <laughs> all right. You leave your friends behind. Um <laughs> All right, roll me an agility test for your dancing prowess. Just straight agility, nothing plus or minus? Uh, no pluses or minuses. Oh, God, no! Ah! You impale yourself on a shoulder pad <laughs> of someone nearby. Oh, God, so much blood. All right, well, your first few steps are kind of clumsy, faltering steps, because uh, you, on Malfi, you're always uh, running security at events or tracking down heretics and didn't spend a whole lot of time on the ballroom. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you can make another agility roll, because that song was almost over, and there's another song <laughs> starting now. Maybe that tune just wasn't yours. Uh, there, there you go. go. This one has a much easier beat to follow, and so you, you pick it up and you sort of waltz around the room and doing a very basic but competent dance. Nice. And, um, yeah. You uh, dance around and enjoy each other's company. The best part about being an untouchable couple dancing together is that no one ever bumps into you. They all <laughs> you just sort of steer course, around please. you. Yep. You've got your own bubble of personal space around you guys. Is she a, more, a much more competent dancer than me? or You can tell she's like, someone's tried to teach her to dance before, but she doesn't do it very often, and she tells you as much. But um, she's doing all right. Nice. Hey, say, like, Tyrus, we should take a quick walk together through the lounges in the next few rooms. What a splendid idea. Cool. Indeed. Martin goes with you guys, Tyrus and Ketho, into the lounges. Do you guys get any food while you're in there? I'll grab a little something. Eating would require me to lift my mask, so I dare not even risk that. Oh, that's true. That's true. Actually, I want to scout first. Let's just, I want to see the perimeter. Most of the masks leave the mouth area open. I wasn't mine a full. 
I um, guess it was. Yeah. Um, would you prefer a full mask? Oh no. Well, yes, yes. I would. I want a full mask because okay. it makes me look way more creepy. Yes. You have a full mask then, but most of the masquerade ball masks have an open mouth area because people intend to eat and drink and be merry. But you can have a full mask if you so desire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the lounge, there's various comfortable chairs around the place. There's um a few dining tables arrayed around the place as well, and there are small groups of people sitting down and eating and chatting. There's a, a fireplace with uh, roaring fires in it. They seem like they're real fires with real wood, which had to have been Ooh. imported from off world. Fancy. I keep going, even though I make a note to come back and enjoy the fire later on. Mm-hmm. Are both lounges kind of like that? Yeah, both are. Um, one of them has blue carpets with gold accents, and the other has gold carpets with blue accents. Um, okay, so we're going to check out the hallway and just see, can we go out here? Yes, you can. Okay, and then there's um, a garden here. Yes, there is. Which we and check the, the garden has um, a fountain in the center and various uh, statuary around the place. Most of it's in the um, marble busts of various important personages from House Oberon, but there's a few... Um, that depict scenes from Imperial legend. Um, do either of you have scholastic lore legend? I do not know that. Nope. All my lore so, is about demons <laughs> and hell and the warp and all, all horrible things. Yes, which are, if you make sculptures of that kind of stuff, you're burned at the stake. Uh, yeah. So they don't have any of that here. <laughs> Kether, you recognize this as like fairly common, um, fairly common statuary throughout noble places. These are very common statuaries. Yeah. All right. Last place we want to check is the gallery. The gallery is a um. Let's go most places have like some art on display just as ornamental, but the gallery's entire purpose is to display art. So there's a few people in here who are um, gazing in contemplation at the various paintings they have. Do we see any gold uh, tickets? Make another awareness test, both of you. I'll make one for Martin as well, because he's following you. I do not see it. <laughs> I see the art. <laughs> yeah, no, no penalty to this one, because there's fewer people. Matt sees that there are walls. <laughs> oh, wait, I rolled a 100. What oh. are Oh, boy. Uh, so you're walking along, trying to like crane your head to like look around and see if there's any people uh, with golden tickets, and then you walk forward and bump into someone and you hear the slosh of a glass and um you see that you've just um run into a woman and knocked her glass and spilled champagne down her entire front oh she has like a fan on her hand and she like crumples it up and smacks you across the side of the face with it it's like watch where you're going you brute a thousand pardons i come over to you how dare you (laughs) run into this woman and i start walking you off out of the gallery (laughs) Pretending to talk at you angrily. Should I okay. wipe her mind? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go back like, to the party. Muttering to herself, she's like, I swear the nerve of some people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand, Martin did fantastically on his awareness test. And uh, as you go by, then um, he sees that that woman you just spilled stuff on actually has a golden ticket tucked in her oh, arm. Of course. Oh, uh, actually, no, okay. Ned, or uh, Ketha, rather, instead of leading me out, maybe we could try and use this to our advantage. I actually made a, uh, a sleight-of-hand test on behalf of Martin, and he rolled a nine. So 
as this whole commotion went on, Martin actually snuck up behind her and like pulled the ticket out of her arm with his, one of his mechadendrites. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he joins you guys at the exit. It's like, were you looking for this? She shows the ticket to you guys. Where'd it go? <laughs> awesome. You guys each have a ticket for yourselves. Well, uh, I can probably go for Ketho since uh, Martin was probably going to stay and monitor cameras and such. Um, although, he's got some knowledge skills related to identifying the sort of heretical stuff you might see there. He has scholastic lore in beasts, um, as well as forbidden lore in Archaeotech, Eldar, Tau, and Orcs. That's a lot of forbidden lore right there. <laughs> yes. So he actually might be a good person to have in a um, situation like that, where you might right. have to identify heretical things. All right, well, let's get as far away from the gallery as possible, first of all, mm -hmm. and continue our search for a fourth ticket. I would also be asking if we recognize anyone else, but I know obviously everyone's got masks on, so I don't know if we're really able to identify anyone else that we've seen. Mm -hmm. I haven't really been able to identify anyone until, as you're right now coming out of the gallery and get into the main room, you hear uh, the door um, starts to slide open, but then a hand pushes it into the wall, and you hear the gears squeal in protest, and then um, someone storms in, clearly very angry. You're close enough that you can actually see his eyes through the mask, and it's unmistakably Eldric Marin. <laughs> Uh, as of this moment, it doesn't look like he's recognized you. Uh, do we just want to try and stay as far away from him as possible? <laughs> is that our strategy? Yeah. Zarkov's still dancing, isn't he? Or is he done dancing? Uh, at this point, you've finished. Okay. I, over the microbead, just quick relay. Electric Marin, 6 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where's Kethamod? He, he's not anywhere near him, right? He's in the same area, actually. We don't want to start a scene, so as long as Ketho stays down and doesn't get recognized, we should be okay. Uh -huh. Unless Ketho wants to start beef since he has his gauntlet. <laughs> Zarkov, would you make a uh, intelligence plus 10 roll? Ooh. You don't have Medicaid. Intelligence plus 10? Ooh! You I might not fail! <laughs> <laughs> As long as you don't have to make fellowship rolls, you should be good. Oh, God, no. Please, no fellowship rolls. Please, no fellowship rolls. Don't make me go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarkov, intelligence plus 10. Boom, boom. Not quite. Oh, you can... More than not quite. Oh, God. <laughs> well, this is definitely Eldrick Marin in front of you. Other than uh... that, he definitely looks upset. <laughs> my, my, my astute skills pick up this. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Yes, you managed to uh, ascertain this with your immense deductive capabilities. He's muttering something under his breath, but you can't quite tell what it is. And um, he's walking generally towards you. You're sort of off to the side of the entrance just a bit. This is um, Martin and Ketho are the ones closest to the door. Zarkov was off. He had been dancing with Katrin. He was over at the other end of the room. Tyrus, had you followed them out into the main area? Oh, yes. I was going with them. I was staying with the group. 
Zarkov, you do notice him across the room because he kind of bashes through the door. What do you guys do now that um, Elric Marin has barged in? I do see this from my corner, right? Yeah, I think yes, we, all, we all see this. It is pretty uh, I hard to miss. Tyrus and I say, look who's here. I start to weed my way over. Like, I don't leave the crowd, but I stay. I, I don't want to be that far away from my commission. I don't want to leave Ketho without a sword. Do you have a sword, Ketho? No, I have a knife. Yeah, no, so I would definitely give you my mono blade as your you know, retainer. The regular mono sword, and you have the super nice one? Yeah, yeah. I'm saying like, I'm still in the crowd, but like I want to be nearby in case he either needs defense or he needs to be given a sword to defend himself in honor. Uh-huh. Just in case. Okay, so uh, maneuver yourself over close to him then. Yeah. The uh, band is playing a, uh, a lively waltz right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, he, uh, walking into the center of the room, casting glares at anyone who gets close to him. So people give him a wide berth as he goes into the center of the room. And uh, you see he's got a bolt pistol and a sword of some sort sheathed at his side as he storms in, wearing uh, these uh, rich, like, cream and crimson fabrics draped around him with some ornamental metal veins stick out of the back. This is the fashion here. Fashionable. Mm-hmm. Just let me know if you want to do anything. Right he's, now, I'm okay waiting in the corner. All right, he keeps going into the center of the room and just, uh, if you don't do anything, he just continues across and uh, forms into the, uh, the dining room, uh, sort of like half shoving someone out of his way as he goes through the door. Hey, Dick. Oh, Natalie Corvus is like, what's he on about right now? I mean, I know he's usually foul-tempered, but even for him, this is especially aggressive. I subtly take out the glove of Eldrick Marin, and I say, he, someone missed uh, you noticed, Someone missed his duel a few days ago. Oh. By the way, as he walked by, you noticed he was wearing a new pair of gloves. <laughs> but uh, he, she's like, ooh, that's right. He missed a duel with you. A historic first. How did you convince him to miss a duel, by the way? Something must have happened to deter him from getting there. Or he was held up or something. I don't know what goes on in the mind of Eldrick Marin that really kept him from dueling me that day. I, I had no influence on the matter. Well, technically speaking. I wink at Tyrus. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I say to my pals, I would like to quickly just go... Uh, See some of the other rooms, mm -hmm. just to check this place out. And I start going towards the room where my bolt gun was stashed. Uh -huh. The bolt gun was in that room right there. And so you, you go in to see the same sort of uh, cozy seating area with a couple couches and tables. I search yeah, around he, with the bolt gun. There's a pair of ladies sort of sitting there with uh, teacups on one of the um, table assemblages, <laughs> and there's a a group of men discussing things in another corner of the room. Um, but you make your way over to the couch behind which you hid the bolt gun. One of the ladies is sitting on that couch, but you uh, surreptitiously peer behind it, and the bolt gun is not there. <laughs> While he's doing that, what are the rest of you doing? Well, I'm going to just stand guard by the door, and I'm just waiting for him to come out. 
expecting him to give me a report on the status of his weapon. Uh, what about Zarkov? Zarkov's running ready to take on this shotgun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, I was going to say I go and check on my force staff, but if all of us go check on our weapons simultaneously, that might arouse a bit of suspicion. Zarkov you had can, a bad uh, feeling about this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can, uh... <laughs> oh, I, I step out of the room to Tyrus and trying to keep a very calm look on my face. Mm -hmm. I say, there may be a problem. <laughs> I'm actually over by them. I was just teasing. I, <laughs> I just knew that like, as soon as this gun was gone, I'm like, I'm in trouble! <laughs> Thankfully, I don't write my name on my weapons, but... <laughs> Property of Ketho, please return to Inquisition <laughs> if found. <laughs> <laughs> With a picture of myself. I look like this. I stay here. Yeah, I, I, I still don't know. Will not be purged, we promise. Social security. <laughs> Quick brainstorm. Where's the best place to face Eldrick Marin? He's in the dining room right now, which would possibly put a table in between me and him mm -hmm. while we discuss. Again, I don't want to instigate a fight. Best case scenario is there's no fight. Really? Yeah. At this moment, he hasn't recognized any of you. Right. I want to try to kind of like rig the deck so that he is in no way impulse to fight. Before we do that, may I suggest we check on the status of our other weapons? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, I'm going to go over and um, check the room where the four staff was hidden. Uh, I have to stay with Tyrus because that's my job. Yep, yep. But I will, st I will stay here there and help him try to clear out the room if need be. Okay, Eric, is there anything uh, about this door? Like, is the door open? I mean, as you approach it, the door opens and a, uh, a woman and man walk out of it. Um, just sort of woman with her arm through the crook of the man's arm. They're both laughing at some sort of joke as they walk out. And there's uh, just one person left in there, um, sat on one of the couches, reading through a little book. This is the one that had like a, a few bookshelves in it with various books on general pleasant topics. As we enter... I say to say to Tyrus, look, show me the book quick. I hear they're just about to put out the best lobster. Of course, sire. Does the lady reading the book respond to the thing about the lobster at all? I was hoping she's a lobster file. <laughs> she uh, sort of like looks up a bit quizzically like, oh, there's people in the room, but does not seem to have any particular reaction to the lobster. She doesn't like lobster quite as much as you guys do. <laughs> Okay. Um, would we be able to search for it out of her line of sight? Or if like, one really. of us is searching for, searching for other books in front of her? Like if there's activity in her line of sight, would she ignore Tyrus searching for it? If John well, probably. Or something? If one of you guys made like a little distraction. Don't make, me, don't make me do social interaction. I'm just going to watch. No, I just leave you in. You don't, I just like, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> Fine, you say everything. I mean, my presence might make them upset. <laughs> It'd still be a distraction. Oh, that's true enough. Up. They're vomiting. They're not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I just grabbed Zarkov and dragged him behind me. <laughs> so I go in and I go to a bookshelf that's in front of the lady. And then the lady I mean, they've been drinking, too, so... No. Um, I just grab any old book. I say, look, look at the binding. Look at the binding in this book. 
there is a whole new industry of book fakery of knockoff books coming into rich people's home but if you check the binding and the craftsmanship of the binding and i'm just pointing at different parts of the book you know just random you can tell if this is a real book or if it's put together now if it's real the first thing you look for is if they use string at all that's a big indicator if they use only glue <laughs> no good it's no this, it's no good just saying to the, the woman who's reading right now no i'm saying this to zarkov but then i say to the woman like miss miss will you look at your book is it bound with string or glue she uh sort of like looks up and like blinks a few times and is like oh this is um it seems like there's both string and glue in this one okay so that's good so that's common that they will use both but they only use glue it's cheaper to manufacture glue than to get the fibers for any string especially for nicer strings i would expect <laughs> there not to be any counterfeit books here in house you know house overall at the ball but you can never you know not only are the books themselves counterfeit but they smuggle things inside if you flip through you'll find that they've carved holes it like gasps a little bit when you say that yeah. <laughs> search for staff all right you search for staff uh, you carefully as ketho and zarkov are occupying the one observer you sort of like peel back one of the boards in the shelving unit in which the staff was hidden, and you see, pure relief, the staff is still there. All right, one out of two, not bad. <laughs> are you taking the staff, or are you just, are you just? Well, I can't take it with me, right? So I just, uh, I leave it where it is for now. You feel a little bit more at ease as you're in there searching. Then you hear, um, the song comes to an end, and then the lights in the main room begin to dim a bit. Slow jam. A voice uh, rings out and says, Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please move to the sides of the ballroom area, we'll now have a performance from the local performancers' guild, specially hired on by House Oberon <laughs> for your entertainment. And uh, people move to the side, and there's some polite applause as the lights dim, except for like some spotlights shining into the center and a number of entertainers cartwheel and jump onto the stage wearing um, these like intricate bronze filigreed plates all over themselves. Uh, they're dancing and it's kind of impressive. They can even cartwheel and this sort of stuff, which overall is like probably about the weight of fairly heavy metal plate armor. But as they cartwheel, all the metal plates shift and all these mesmerizing designs. And uh, someone starts uh, playing a uh, some kind of piped instrument as they all begin to dance around in a circle. Can I look for, quickly just glance around for Eldrick Marin? Sure. He's over in this corner right here. Oh, okay. Natalie Corvus is over um, beside you guys. Did Eldrick come in with any of his entourage or was it just him? It was just him, actually. As you all stand around, um, through all the uh, cartwheeling and everything, then um, Zarkov and Tyrus, you both see someone in the outfit of one of the servants walks over to uh, someone and um, gently like taps them on the shoulder, leans in and whispers something into their ear. You uh, don't recognize this person, but um, after that servant whispers something in, then they uh, sort of give a nod of affirmation and walk past you guys. You see the guy going through a door that has... Um, 
has Oberon guard on either side of the door. Um, as he passes Zarkov, you notice the glint of a golden ticket coming out of his lapel pocket. So he's headed somewhere. So maybe it's time, if we wish to, reveal said tickets. So we might also get tapped on the shoulder. Zarkov, you see, um, you're sort of going towards the door, and you actually come almost face-to-face with Eldrick Marin. And he's got a little ticket tucked in his lapel pocket as well. As you're going, you see uh, Natalie Corvus is arching her neck, sort of like looking around the room, saying, like, I haven't haven't seen Felicia Tolbin anywhere yet. Hmm. Where's, where could it be? She could be at the, the auction. Does she know about the auction? I mean, you don't know if she does, but she was investigating that sort of segment. While he's doing this, what are the rest of you doing? So I guess the, the rest of us are putting our tickets out. Yeah, I was going to say, we don't want to be missed, so I pull my ticket out. And I'm going to also just separate from the group, because I don't want anyone to see a group of three people with tickets out. So I, I suggest we all split up. That's fair. All right. Pull yourselves over to where you guys are going to hang out. Ketho, as you start walking away, Natalie grabs your arm and sort of hisses in your ear, where are you guys all going? <laughs> well, she knows, though, that that's, that was the plan. She knows the plan? Yeah. She knew the plan to have one person go, but she didn't know the update to have many people going. All right. In that case, I will, uh, I will stay. We're just, spreading, we're just spreading out not to seem like a group. I offer her my arm as if I am an escort. It's like, here, let's mm-hmm. go blend in while we wait for Felicia. I say, Zarkov, you can have mine. Are you going to do your crazy shenanigans? <laughs> I'm going to lay low and see where this takes us. Okay. Because if Felicia Tobin is coming, right, she's expecting to meet Natalie. So I can be here to at least cover Natalie because that is actually an important thing too. So, and originally I wasn't, it wasn't planned that I would go to the, the event. I was planned to play support. So that works. Sarkov looks at you straight in the eye and says, as you say, my lord, simply don't die until I see you next. So I'm over with Natalie. Yep, yep. And we're blending in. Mm-hmm. And I guess I have my okay. ticket displayed. Yep. Soon after um, Eldrick Marin goes through this door as well, then um, the servant lingers around, um, offers some drinks to a few people, and then uh, as he makes his way past you, he taps you on the shoulder and says, please, sir, right this way, and sort of gently inclines his head towards that back door. Martin is approached by a different person and told to go through this door right here. And so he uh, goes through that way. The performance is ongoing on, at this point, they put like a holographic display down on the ground showing these um, projections of giant beasts. And they're doing this sort of elaborate, stylized fighting against the beasts to like sort of ooze and odds of amazement from the crowd. Um, and uh, the same person who approached Martin approaches you as well. and indicates that you go through that same door. This is the, the room you hid the shotgun in a little earlier. When you go in, Martin's already gone, but there's another person in the room, another person in servant clothes, and he actually um, shifts one of the um, couches to the side and reveals a trap door and uh, indicates that you go through there. Martin also sends you on the microbead that uh, he... Um, just gave the room a once over with the optical mechadendrite when he went in. 
and that the shotgun is still in the place you left it. Yay. Okay, I just sort of so, subtly nod to the servant and make my way towards the trapdoor. Mm -hmm. Down you go? Yeah. All right. Everybody drops out of sight. Tarkov, you went through the door sometime after Eldrick Marin, and there's a person, and he uh, indicates a secret door behind the bookshelf and pushes it aside, and there's a spiral staircase leading down underground. So you all descend into the basement of the ceremonies area. Not all. I'm just at the party. Ooh. <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? You guys are uh, making your way down through uh, some uh, passages that are in stark contrast to the rest of the area. You'd expect the maintenance tunnel to actually be like really bare with exposed bulbs, metal grating for the floor, but this is very much not it. It has like very dark mahogany walls and a carpet in a much more subdued tones than upstairs. And there's um, lighting in sort of like a subtle row along the floor, kind of like aircraft exit strip lighting. In the the way the walls are paneled and cast makes these very elegant lines from floor to ceiling. And um, you're all sort of like underlit somewhat dramatically as you walk down through the hallway. And you get this incredible feeling of unease as you walk through. The carpet is firmer than the carpet upstairs, but despite your unease, you keep walking forward. You come across a few other people, all noblemen and women with these golden tickets in their arms or lapel pockets. You try to take note of anyone of note that's there that I recognize or any house symbols? No one's wearing their house symbols right now because it's a masquerade. Yep. You do see Eldrick Marin ahead of you, though. Does he seem to have anyone with him, or is he by himself? He's by himself at the moment. Everyone seems to be by themselves. No one has any fingers with them. I think I'll make a pseudoscience roll just to check for a psychic phenomenon. Go for it. Hmm. Terrible. You extend your psychic senses out and um, are almost immediately hit by this like overwhelming wave of pure terror the kind that you've felt really like the the only memory of this kind of terror you have is from the very foggy memories of your days trapped on the, your void ship in the warp that pure of a terror feeling <laughs> make me a willpower roll at minus 20. oh you've got to be joking you've done it now okay you manage to like bring your emotions mostly under control, but you still are quite shaken by the experience. Um, if your mask wasn't on your face, you would be visibly pale. Take an insanity point. <laughs> hey everyone, I have an insanity point now. <laughs> You're insane. So the psyker has finally gotten an insanity point. You haven't until now because your willpower is staggeringly high. And you just pass Wait. every kind of fear check you have to take. You oh only God, have you room. only have one. I only have one insanity point. I have three yeah. corruption points. There's no complaining from you. I have eight insanity and five corruption. Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> no. Zarkov, you feel nothing at all, 
as you go, <laughs> you go down here. Nothing. You notice that um, Tyrus is visibly shaken, but you don't feel anything. Martin seems like he's a little bit unnerved because you guys have sort of drifted together because you've all entered the doors at the same time, approximately. Okay. You do notice that um, Martin's slightly disturbed and that Tyrus is very disturbed, but someone who didn't know him probably wouldn't notice it. Yeah, I walked in and I'm like, everything all right, Psyker? Voices speaking to you again. Forces you could never understand influence this dark place. <laughs> Jeez. Do I, the microbeads is just one big channel, right? So I hear all of this? As long as you're in range. While this is happening, upstairs with Ketho and Natalie, earlier you had seen Demic go by, and you were like, Demic! Like Ketho, you're like Demic, like really subtle, like because you're in first grade. <laughs> right, right, right. All, all the enthusiasm you normally have, just very quiet. Demic, my man. All right, you guys are too uh, bro. Too bro. Also, um, Ketho, as you sit there, you notice Mortimer drift up beside you as well. I got, a, I got a posse. I got the NPC posse. Yeah. As the performers are dancing about, you um see a. Uh, a young woman approach and um, gently tap Natalie on the shoulder. And she's like, come with me. And starts walking towards this door. Uh, I quickly say to Natalie, do you want me to come? Yes. Okay, I get up and follow. This is the person we're looking for. I keep my hand close to my bolt pistol, though. <laughs> yeah, you, you get pulled into the side room. Um, there's nobody in this one now. This is the... Uh, the room that held Tyrus's force staff. Now, do so, I know where the force staff is? Uh, Never. yes. Never. Okay. That might be useful. I don't know how it works. If you try to use it, it won't work, though. It'll just be, a, like, a normal staff. If people can identify the staff as a force staff, I don't need to actually use it. I just need <laughs> them to identify it as a force staff. If you touch that thing... I might have to. <laughs> if you I'll, touch I, that thing... I won't, I'll make sure that all scratches are hidden... Um, make sure it's nice and buff. You never know when you need to pull out a giant force staff out of a wall. <laughs> you never know. It could send a message, you know? If you need a shotgun, there's that too. That's in a different room. Oh. So it'd be less if, it'd be less impressive for me to be like, wait right here. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, I might want to start right, trying so to figure out where your bolter went, by the way. <laughs> I, you, know, you know what? I know it's going to be somewhere near me because I told you before, it's going to be the thing that shoots me. I'm going to get shot in this encounter. I just know it. I know it's By happening. Your own and so when I get shot, I will know where the bolt gun is. It's a genius plan. Actually, I think I'm going to call it for the night. Yeah, that's it's probably a good place to call it. It's probably. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to what Alicia Tolbin says next time. This is Felicia Tolbin, by the way, the uh, missing acolyte. I hope she just she introduces looked... herself like that. Like, <laughs> door closes. I'm Felicia Tolbin. I'm the missing acolyte. <laughs> so for experience, then get a total of 200. Woo! XP! <laughs> With that, I think I'm going to head out for the night. All right. Have a good night, Eric. Yeah, good night, you guys, too. Yeah, thank you, Eric. Have a good night.
Thanks for listening to the show. You can find us online at itsprobablyheresy.wordpress.com. And if you see anything heretical, you can contact the Acolytes at itsprobablyheresy at gmail.com. Don't make me do social interaction. I'm just going to watch. Oh dear, you're such a card.